1: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. We are very, very excited to be bringing you the first ever episode of Off The Tee, our dedicated golf show, part of the sporting capital on SEN. Normally, this is going to be on a Tuesday night, but we thought with 150th running of the oldest golf tournament in the world at the home of golf at St Andrews. The Open Championship is exactly day one where we need to be launching this show and it is an absolute pleasure to have the former world number 16, the only man to beat Tiger Woods not once but twice in match play golf. Nick Ahern, hello to you. Sam, it's great to be here and and it is that
0: iconic event, isn't it? The Open at St Andrews, it just does not get any better.
1: Uh, It doesn't, and we thought we'd start off. So this show, each and every week, by the way, in the last segment of the show, Nick Ahern, who's got a new book out now, which is called What? Uh, how to play your best golf. There we go, simple, but, it, but that's all you need. <laughs> the clue is in the title. Uh, he's going to give you a tip from said book to help you play your best golf. And if you've got questions, you can send them through 0433 98 1116. And you can call in at 1300 736, 736 So, over the course of the next hour, we're going to talk through the Australian chances uh, leading into the Open Championship. Um, we're going to get uh, Nick's memories of playing at this tournament and at this course. Um, But, Nick, we thought we'd start off with just, oh, and this is the guarantee that we're making. Mm. Because this is a celebration, because we're trying to revel in this moment, (laughs) we are declaring this (laughs) a live-free zone. A live-free, absolutely. We're going to park that for next week and get your thoughts on the Breakaway Tour and all that comes through with it. We will touch on the fact that Greg Norman has not been invited to be here, which is sad. Given his history, there's a two-time winner in 86 uh, and 93 of this mm-hmm. event. That There is a sadness to that because of this, this should be an event where everybody who can does come back. But we'll touch on that in just a moment. But we live free, Nick. Next week. Next <laughs> week. <laughs> we can talk about it next, <laughs> next week. We can talk about it next week. So for those who aren't aware of why this tournament is held in the prestige that it is as one of the four majors – What's your take on this as we, we start with the history mm. of the Open Championship, the Open or the British Open, as it's been known?
0: Well, it is, it is the oldest major championship. That, that's mm. the thing about it. It started actually back in, I mean, I did a bit of research on this because I didn't know when it started, and it was 1860. Yeah. And it was started because in 1859, there was a guy called Alan Robertson who was the best pro around at that time, and pros were kind of looked down upon. And they thought they'll start this golf tournament in honor of Alan Robertson, 1860 at Presswick. And they played there for about 10 years. The first one at St. Andrews was held in 1873. Yeah. And they awarded this thing called the Champion Golfer of the Year. And it's so cool that they've continued on that
1: tradition. And it was a belt. It was a belt in the beginning. For like exactly. 12 years, mm. it was a belt that you, that you got. And the first one I, I was reading today as well, three rounds of 12 holes. Isn't that awesome? On the Lynx course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 12 holes, that sounds like a good way to do things. Maybe. Yeah, but
1: well, maybe not. Maybe you not. Can't, it's harder to play your way into some <laughs> form. So, um, and, and the, they introduced the, the jug, I think it was 1973 was when they first awarded it, but they did put, oh, sorry, 1873, but they did put young Tom Morris's name on it who won the award who who won it in nineteen in 1872, mm. but they didn't have it ready yet. So his in, his name is the first engraved, even though they didn't present it till 1873. His name is on it from winning it in 1872. Yeah, and his old man did all right too, didn't he? He won old it f- Tom. He won it four times.
0: <laughs> Young Tom won it four, and then he passed away yeah. unfortunately. But the, I mean, the history of the Open is just something to behold, and and you look at all the great champions' names on there, and you know, including the Australians. Obviously, our legend. The late, great Peter Thompson won the Open five times. Yeah. And he did that in a span of about 11 or 12 years too, which is just incredible. And and there are only, um, I think it's three Aussies have their names, sorry, four Aussies have their names on the Claret Jug. Peter being one, Kel Nagel, he won the Centenary Open in 1960, Greg Norman twice, and Ian Baker Finch in 1991. So... There's a very proud history of Australian golfers who have have won the Claret Jug. I wish that it had been me. I was fortunate enough to play a number of British Opens or Open Championships, depending on what you want to call it.
1: But uh, when it comes back to St. Andrews, that's just as good as it gets. So we're going to get your memories of uh, Open Championships, but also St. Andrews. But um, the St. Andrews course itself. And we're going to give you score updates in just a moment, by the way, too, and we will keep you updated all throughout the night uh, on where things currently stand. From an Australian point of view, Minwoo Lee, who who led out. Um, he is back in the clubhouse, a three-under round for him. He was outright leader, then equal leader, and then he bogeyed 17. But Cam Smith,
0: he's four-under through 10. We've got an Aussie at the top of the leaderboard. There are four players tied at four-under at the moment. And that was the interesting part about you know this golf tournament at this course. Uh, early on, they were saying these players are going to eat this place up and some low scores are going to be shot. But the thing about St. Andrews is in its defence is there are so many bunkers out there for one, but it's playing firm and fast. And that actually makes the course play even shorter. However, it means it's hard to get the ball close to the hole. So we're in for a wild ride over the next four days. I'm hoping some wind gets up because that'll be a lot of fun too.
1: So the home of golf, St. Andrews, uh, 469 years old. Thereabouts,
0: thereabouts, yeah.
1: Um, tell us a little bit more uh, about what makes this. I read a quote from Jack Nicholas today saying there isn't a course that comes anywhere near mm. what St Andrews is. No, no course comes close to, to being what St Andrews is.
0: Yeah, it's it's so hard to describe. Almost, I mean, there's been a lot of words spoken this week about it. You know, some say uh, it's a it's a living, breathing masterpiece. It's a work of art. Uh, it's mystical. It's uh, spiritual in in a way, and I remember there was a quite a funny quote from Tiger Woods quite a while back where there was a player who went there and thought, you know, I don't really see what all the fuss is about. And Tiger said to him, Well, obviously you're not good enough to understand it. <laughs> Which is a great call, wow, I thought. That
1: is as good a burn. Mm,
0: I love that comment. <laughs> that is and, and he's right, because there are so many different ways to play this golf course. And and the reason it is so unique is is the strategy involved. It's one of those golf courses that On the tee, you go, okay, where is the pin position? That determines your line off the tee because that's going to provide the best angle into the hole. It may be a short par four. And the thing about St. Andrews is there's a lot of short holes. There are probably five or six reachable par fours. Both par fives are reachable depending on the wind. And it's not a long golf course. The unique thing is there's 14 par fours, only two par fives, two par threes, which is very, very rare for a golf course.
1: This is the number that would strike fear into the hearts, though, of any golfer, whether it be the weekend hack uh, the club pro, the tour pro, or anyone in between, as Victor Hovland's finding out right now, he's in one of 112 bunkers, Nick, he is. and and he cannot get a shot. He I can't know. get in there. He can't reach down to it. He's on. Uh, he's on the fourth. Just talk us through what's oh. confronting him at the minute.
0: Well, you know what he should be. He should be a left-hander, and he'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for me, it would be no issue, this bunker shot. But the thing about the bunkers there are they're so small and the sides are just vertical faces. When Tiger won back in 2000, he never went in a bunker, which is just unheard of around this golf course. I love the names too. The names of these bunkers are incredible. You've got Hell Bunker. You've got the Seven Sisters. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's a massive bunker on this par four. You go in there and you feel like you're in hell. There's one called the Stroke Bunker because – you don't even see it, and you think you have a stroke when you go in there. <laughs> there's, there's Kruger, and then there's Mrs. Kruger on 9 and 10, yep. and they actually don't know what that stands for, but uh, obviously they had a bit of a nightmare there for sure. So
1: we thought with the course um, we would get people, we, we would try and uh, give them the vernacular, the, a bit of the lexicon that they'll be hearing if they're watching the coverage all throughout. So I'm going to throw some things up at you, okay. and you tell me what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Swilliken Burn. The Swilkenburn. Swilken, sorry. Yes. Admit, that's my own bad time. <laughs> no, that's
0: okay. The Swilkenburn. So that runs uh, bet- a lot across the fairway on 1 and 18. On 18, it doesn't come into play. On the first hole, it comes into play. Famously, Ian Baker Finch, unfortunately, went in the Swilkenburn when he was leading the 1984 Open Championship, which is won. But, uh But we won't remind it, IBF, of that one.
1: Not just yet. No. Um, <laughs> the, the little brook that flows through. Um, so of the 112 bunkers, the Sutherland. I haven't heard of that one. That's okay. on 4 and 15. 4 and 15,
0: okay. You've got me there. The Principal's Nose. Yes, I know that one well. That one's on 16. I always tried to avoid that one on 16. Uh, the Beardies. Yes, another The Beardies. That's another one I have heard of. I'm actually not sh- exactly sure where it is. The thing is, they all have names. and you, Unless you go in them, you don't really know what they are. The Valley of Sin. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> the most famous, I think. That's where Constantina Rocker in the 96 Open hold that monstrous putt on the last to get into a playoff with John Daly. And, you know, it's famous for Jack Nicklaus driving the
1: green and going through the Valley of the Sin when he won
0: in 78.
1: Victor Hovland by the way, um, with the pot uh, at the edge of the green that he's in on four, couldn't get a shot because he couldn't stand in there. Had to go stand in there and play out behind the bunker and has gone into the fescue. Mm. Uh, So he's given up uh, (laughs) about 20 or 30 metres. Uh, and he's now on a, on a arguably just as tough a lie. Um, what about the the road bunker? Oh, the road bunker—that's also called the sands of Nakajima. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because Tommy Nakajima went in there and had four shots to get out when he was leading, <laughs> and ended up making a nine, yes. and that was it. So uh, I've been in there, and I have gotten out in one shot,
1: so I was very happy. Nicely done. And of course, the seventeenth hole. Yeah. So there's the road hole, the railway sheds, the old station road. Um, you it players hit over those sheds, which mm-hmm. is part of the hotel. The ho- part of the hotel that lines up on St Andrews.
0: Yeah, so they have the writing. It's called the Old Course Hotel, which you've got to hit over. And you mm-hmm. usually go over course. You don't. If you go over hotel, you might be in it. And if you go over old, you're going to be in the left rough. So if you hit it anywhere over course, you, you're quite okay.
1: So there we go. There's just a little bit <laughs> to help you uh, as you're hearing some of these names um, uh, popping up throughout uh, the next four days of what we're. I'm sure will be scintillating. Golf. Now, before we get into um, who we think are the ma- are the main chances from the internationals, and we call them internationals, is obviously we're in Australia, and we'll get to the we're going to de- develop we're going to dedicate a whole segment to the Australians and the form that they're in coming in. What about a couple of your favourite
0: Open moments? A couple of mine? Yeah. My favourite open moments from years past,
1: you mean? From years past.
0: Uh, it's hard to go past Seve. I mean, in 84, if yeah. that's what you're talking about, or if you're talking about opens that I've played. No, I we're going to get to that. We're, we're going gonna to we're speak okay.
1: about your memories and your performances. Yeah. But that's, that's, and that's your favourite holes,
0: too. That's probably one of my f- first memories of the open, was 1984, Seve, the fist pump on the last green when he managed to just will that putt in. At the same time, Tom Watson was up against the wall on the road hole making his bogey, and that's when Seve won. So... That was very much a favourite of mine. Um, and then, well, let's well, have a
1: listen. A putt that will swing from right to left. Oh, what an ecstasy. Birdie three, and it's surely going to make Seve the champion. And it sure did. Mm. Got another one for us?
0: Well, Jack Nicholas. I mean, uh, in 1978, I think when he... Sorry, 1970 was his first one. That's probably one of those ones where he, he pulled off the pulled off the jumper and drove it through the green and ended up uh, winning that one as well. So it was he won two Opens at St. Andrews, that one, and then in 1978 uh, where Doug Sanders missed the putt. But the 70 Open, for him, that was just one of those historic occasions. So for the final scene, if Nicholas can hold this, he wins. And he to go high in the air. Down. And is he
1: Three-time winner, twice at St Andrews. Tiger has gone back-to-back, but two of his three at St Andrews as well. And it's great to see Tiger... Uh, is back there. We're going to speak about who the main chances are in just a moment. We've got a few texts coming through as well. Uh, Cam Smith has just done what on 12? He's just driven it over the back
0: of the green, which is exactly, if you're not going to be on the green, that's the perfect spot to be because anything short is very, very tough to get close to that hole. He'll be looking at a birdie on 12, and that should take him uh, back into probably a shot behind the lead, I'd say.
1: Yeah, so he bogeyed 11. Uh, so he's at three under. Um as we just go through the leaderboard, as we get to our first break, and we're going to come back uh, in just a moment. But the American Cameron Young has a one-shot lead at five under uh, from Barclay Brown, ju Hyung Kim. Brad Kennedy is having a very, very good round as well, Uh, the Australian. So he's at four under as well. Minwoo Lee in the clubhouse at three under. Uh, Kurt uh, Kitayama at three under. So too Bryson DeChambeau, Cameron Smith, Billy Horschel as well. Uh, This is the first ever edition of Off The Tee, part of the Sporting Capital on SEN. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern. We'll be back after. Uh, Yes, indeed. Welcome to our first episode of Off The Tee, and we're bringing it to life and to you uh, on the opening day of the 150th Open Championship at St Andrews, the home of golf, the oldest major, the oldest golf tournament in the world. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. Uh, Nick Ahern is here, and at the moment... Uh, with a one-shot lead, the American Young at five under. But the real story um, from an Australian point of view, and we are going to take a little bit of a deep dive into our Aussies who are competing. But Nick Ahern, uh, Brad Kennedy at 48 years of age, a New South Welshman, and you'll tell us a little bit more about it. But he, um, he is at four under, mm. uh, equal second. Uh, Cam Smith at three under. And Min Woo Lee back in the sheds at three under as well. But he's playing very, very nicely. Yeah, he's
0: a model of consistency, Brad, and played very well over the years here in Australia. Does exceptionally well up on the Japanese tour, which is where he mostly plays. And I think that's how he qualified for this Open. He won the Order of Merit a couple of years ago here in Australia. But it's the sort of golf course at the moment, the way it's playing, because it's so firm and fast that even the shorter hitters can still contend around here because Brad's not on the long side and his strength is putting. And I've noticed he's four under through six. So he's got it's all a these holes. Face. Yeah, he's got all these holes,
1: five through 12. They're real scoring holes. He could, he could go low right now. So, and Cameron Young uh, putting for birdie on 10 at the moment and just trims the right edge. Uh, so, we are going to go through our Aussie chances. We're going to go through the, uh, who you think are the major chances. But I thought, why don't we go down memory lane with you? So, um, <laughs> how many times have you played uh, the Open Championship? I've played six Opens
0: and yep. fortunate enough to play two at St Andrews. My first major was actually the two thousand yes. Open Championship at St Andrews, and I have never been so nervous in my life up until this point, standing on the first tee with a hundred yard fairway. So take us inside
1: that—the <laughs> most famous, the oldest, the yep. most prestigious—and there you are. Uh, so what that? We won't even—we won't do the numbers on no, how old I you know. were, but uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was hitting me at the time that I was yeah. standing there thinking. This is a 100-yard wide fairway, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hit it because my knees were shaking at this moment. So I was just trying to make contact. It's funny. Peter Thompson always used to say, rather than take the iron or the three-wood off the first, just take the driver. That's the largest-headed club. Just knock that down there. So I just chipped the driver down there trying to get the ball away, and I was more than happy to get it in play. And I actually made the cut that year. I think I finished about tied 41st. Tiger Woods won it, obviously.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: The experience of playing all four days was was incredible. And then I was fortunate to go back to St. Andrews later that year in the Dunhill Cup representing Australia in the last Dunhill before it became the Pro-Am format, the Dunhill Lynx Championship. Mm. So I played, of course, a lot over the years, especially on the European tour. But then back in 2005, I managed to be – go back there again, uh, I qualified through top being top 50 in the world and that was probably my best performance in an open where I finished tied 15th.
1: Yeah, you did. so um, what worked what went well for you in, in back in 2005?
0: Well, I think just knowing the course uh, through all my years of playing on the European tour we, we got to play St Andrews every year and I'd played the open there previously. Uh, I got off to a pretty good start and, and just sort of kept the kept it going and, and as I said earlier the secret about St Andrews is, is the pin positions because they can tuck them in some spots where you think how am I going to get to this and a, a good shot with a wedge can sometimes be to 30 feet which is kind of what we get here in Melbourne a lot of the time on these sandbelt courses so it's very much a strategic course in that sense you didn't need to be that long I think the weather that week was pure so you know length off the tee wasn't a big factor and Number one, I stayed out of most of the bunkers. Not all of them, but most
1: of them. So Tiger won it that year. He went on to win it the next year as well at Royal Liverpool. Who did you end up, who did you play with across the four days
0: in oh, that year? See, now you're testing my memory. And, <laughs> and I'm 50 years old, Sam. So, I, <laughs> okay, so you've just done the maths for us. Exactly. On how, <laughs> No, but the, the following year when Tiger won at Hoylake, that was an exhibition itself. He just used an iron off most tees there. So yeah. this year at St. Andrews, you're going to see a combination. Irons, drivers, three woods off tees. There'll be a multitude of ways to play this golf course.
1: And everybody wants to know how to play the the two-iron stinger that mm-hmm. Tiger's made famous. Um, you, and then a, a, couple of, a couple of sort of mixed fortune years, wasn't it? Mm. The next couple of years weren't kind to you, and then you made the cut again in 2008.
0: Yeah, that was at uh, Birkdale, I believe. I mm. think Harrington won that year. I, I, I unfortunately missed out on a couple of Opens where I was exempt, but I was injured at, yeah. at the time. So I couldn't play. So I would have loved to have played a couple of more. Again, this year I was almost thinking about going over and trying qualifying because I thought Is the, that op- right? the Open at St. Andrews, wouldn't that be awesome? But things just didn't work out as planned, wow. unfortunately. But, you know, I'm I'm exempt into the senior Open, so maybe next year
1: I'll give that one a crack. And just before we get to your favourite three holes at St. Mm. Andrews, it was, obviously, it wouldn't have been a decision made lightly by the R&A. You spoke about the fact that you were going to head over there, and we have declared this is a live-free <laughs> episode. We yes. are going to delve into the live tour next week. But as we said, Greg Norman, um, two-time winner, eighty-six, um, mm-hmm. 93 uh, didn't win it here. No. At St. Andrews, but wanted to come back and play, he said, in April. That was knocked on the head, but so too was him even attending. So uh, the round yesterday um, where all the former winners and, and um, the, the dignitaries mm. uh, head around uh, and the dinner as well. Tiger has ticked that off. Rory McIlroy said that's the right call. They The, the R&A have said that, uh, no, we wanted this to be about the 150th year. And unfortunately, with Greg, it, we, we felt like it would have detracted from keeping all the attention on what this occasion was. How do you feel about the decision?
0: Yeah, I I think it was the right decision in that regard. And I've idolised Greg, you know, growing up uh, my whole career, you know, of late it's possibly changed from, you know, everything going on, which we'll talk more about next week. We will. When he, you know, put the application into play, he's 67 years old and they don't allow past champions to play past the age of 60. Mm. So he would have had to go through qualifying or get a special invitation. So I understand why they didn't give him that one. The... You know, non-invitation to the champions dinner, a little bit of a kick in the teeth, but I can also understand why they did it as well. They just want it to be all about the open. And You mentioned that uh, former champions uh, four-hole tournament they, that they did yesterday or the day before. I remember back in 2005, sitting on the clubhouse steps watching all these greats tee off because that's what I watched, that, that they did the same thing back then. Yeah. And I watched Nicholas Trevino. Sam Snead oh, was around. He wow, teed off. Sam Snead. Oh, it was amazing. He was hitting these 180-yard draws, and I think he was about 84 years old at the time. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing to watch. And then Gary Player this year, if you watched him tee off, you know, he's 83 or 84 himself, and he's yep. just playing incredible golf. Three-time winner, Trevino yeah. won it twice. He'll tell you he's... He's uh, shot his age about three thousand times, Gary. He loves to tell you that as well. So I was surprised he didn't do about a hundred crunches yeah. on the first tee either.
1: <laughs> so there, there is, and and I think there is a sadness. There's an understanding of the decision, but I think there is still a sadness. Putting put aside what we think about what's happening right now, there is a sadness that it's got to a place in golf where a guy with that history uh, at the tournament mm. uh, and and in the game. He's, he's told, unfortunately, you're not welcome. Um, and whether or not they could have just shoved him to a table at the I heard Andrew Gay's talking about this, put him on a table at the back, you're not to do any media. Uh, and we're not going to even put a camera on you when you're out playing.
0: <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but that's not going to happen with Greg Norman. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about that another time. But I think it was the right call. Yeah. I'm just glad that we're here watching the Open, and, and Rory McIlroy's got off to a nice start, which is great. We're watching him play the par five at the mm-hmm. moment, and I would love nothing more to see. If a, if an Australian doesn't win, I would love to see Rory
1: win. Well, why don't we then move ever so uh, just beautifully uh, into a nice little segue into what we're going to talk about next, and that are that is the Australian Chances. Um, and also uh, the overall chances that we feel might be best placed to take out the 150th Open Championship. Cam Smith is at four under. He's about to tee off on the 13th. We will be back on the other side of this. Uh, This is Off The Tee, our first edition. Uh, Welcome back to Off The Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you. And uh, through 11 holes at the moment, the world number 32, Cameron Young, the American, has a two-shot lead, Uh, Over amateur Barclay Brown, Cam Smith is on 13, Nick, and got lucky uh, on the drive.
0: He certainly did. Took an iron off the tee, pulled it left and flirted. Well, didn't flirt. He actually went between the bunkers. Now, if you go in those bunkers on 13, that's an instant bogey. Maybe even a double if you have to go out backwards. He hit a shot to the middle of the green there. That's a tough pin to get to. It's on the right-hand side, so he'll be happy with four and move to the next.
1: Those bunkers on 13, there's the Walkinshaw Bunker. There's the Lion's Mouth Bunker. And there's this one, Coffin Bunkers. The Coffins. That tells you exactly what you need to know. Uh, but Cam Smith is four under. Uh, Brad Kennedy, the 48-year-old Aussie, um, is at four under as well. Minwoo Lee back in the sheds at three under. We're going to go through the best of the Aussie chances in just a moment. what we didn't get from you, Nick Ahern was give me, your, give me your favorite three holes on St. Andrews. Do I have to and do why? three? Because,
0: you know, we'll 18 be here all of, <laughs> night.
1: We'll be here all no, night. No, I, I get
0: it. You know, it's interesting. I, I spoke about the first hole and how nervous I was on that tee shirt, but that first hole is one of the most simple designs in the world of golf. Peter Thompson used to call it one of his favorites because it's such a wide fairway, and all you do is you put the and burn at the front of the green, you put the pin near that, and then it's so hard to get to. So such a simple design, and it's one of my favourites. The other two, I'd I'd have to say, would be 17, the road hole. Mm. Not because it's an easy hole, just because of the history. And when you turn that corner on the hotel, you see 17 and 18. And 18, obviously, with the Valley of Sin and the history there. That's incredible. But I'm going to say a fourth because I I can. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, your name's on the door. There there you go. (laughs) Denny Crane. It's the
0: reachable par for 12th. I love that golf hole because... There are some bunkers there. If you didn't know they were there, you would walk straight into them because you can't see them off the tee. They were incredibly well hidden. And sometimes you're actually trying to hit it in the right-hand rough off that tee. So it's a fascinating hole, very reachable downwind. But into the wind, it's just an absolute menace.
1: Beautifully done. All right, let's go through the Aussies. So we've got, um, in no particular order, uh, Cameron Smith, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, Lucas Herbert, Minwoo Lee, Jed Morgan, Brad Kennedy, Maddie Griffin, Anthony Quayle, Dimi Papadados and Jason Scrivner. We're going to be a long time going through all of them, (laughs) but um, uh, let's start with who you feel coming into this uh, is best placed from an Australian point of view.
0: Well, I think the three that stand out would be Cam Smith for obvious reasons. He's just playing amazing golf, number six in the world right now and won the Players' Championship earlier. He yep. had a top 10 at the Scottish Open last week, so he's getting the feel for mm. the Lynx golf. It's had five top 10s this year. Yeah, it's all about the driving for him, though, because that can be his nemesis a little bit. He's an amazing putter, one of the best putters in the world. So I'm really liking Cam Smith, and obviously the way he started, four under through 12, is a great way to yep. get the uh, tournament underway for him.
1: Best finish tied 20th in 2019, so it hasn't... Look, it hasn't happened for him yet um, in, in Open Champ, but we know in majors yeah. he is always near the pointy end of recent times.
0: He is. And he's only played four Open, so, you know, he, he hasn't really had that much you know, as far as uh, getting the legs and, and,
1: and under the road, so to speak. A couple of guys with – well, I, I won't speak for them, but I would imagine mixed emotions about this championship. <laughs> yeah. Adam Scott, runner-up mm-hmm. in 2012. Yeah. Um Mark Leishman, the last time it was at St. Andrews. Mark Leishman, runner-up in 2015. He could be a smoky. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, he has the game to play well around. He loves shaping the ball and and just manoeuvring it through the wind, growing up in Warrnambool, obviously. But he actually led. He had a one-shot lead with three to play in 2015. And there's one shot that he says, I wish I could have back again. And that was his approach to the 16th. He said, out-of-bounds was right. Bunker left, I didn't commit, and I pulled it into the bunker, made bogey, had a putt on the last hole for Birdie to win and unfortunately didn't make it and then went into the playoff and and Zach Thompson just took it away from him.
1: Yeah, his second major. But that was the last time that the, the Open was at St. Andrews uh, mm. as part of the rotation that occurs. Um, what about some of the others? Um,
0: well, I'd love to mention Adam Scott to, to start off with. I think if yeah, he please. wins here, this would be, you know, He'd, he'd move into legend status in Australian golf, I think, because you know winning the Open at St Andrews is something else, and and his chances here again. Back in 2015, he was tied for the lead going into the back nine, so he has the game to do it around here. Now, whether the the history of his of his Open Championship that one back in 2012 when he had a four-shot lead with four to go, and he lost it to Ernie Els, yeah, that sort of could haunt him a little bit. But he's playing well. He had
1: a three-year run where he went second. Third, fifth, mm. I reckon, in a row. And he and captured the Masters a, in there as well. Yeah, and, and, and it's been mixed, uh, a little bit mixed for him um, since then. Um, just from some of the other guys. So, Lucas Herbert, um, he tied 51st, so he's made the cut back in uh, 2018. Um, he's won the Irish Open last year, um, so he likes the the Lynx golf. Mm. Minwoo Lee is another who handles wind so well. Uh, had a good showing at the Masters earlier in the year. What about for those two? These are two of the young up-and-coming stars.
0: Absolutely. And and Minwoo won the big Open when it was blowing like very, very yeah. hard down at 13th Beach. So he he loves to hit that stinger too. You spoke about the two-iron stinger off the tee. He's going to be putting that into overdrive this week. And he's off to a good start, obviously, already with his three-under-par 69. Lucas Herbert, he's a gamer. Uh, when he gets a sniff of that lead, he loves to compete. Got some swagger, about,
1: Got some swagger about him. He's got some him. swagger.
0: He doesn't mind wearing those tight pants. But uh, <laughs> but the thing about Lucas is he loves to hit down and compress the ball. So he's going to have some very sore wrists by the end of the week because this ground is rock hard. Yeah,
1: he's uh, through 15 at, at two under uh, at the moment. So uh, in a share for 11th place uh, at the minute. Uh, and just quickly before we get to some of the other the big names, but from an Australian point of view. So uh, Jed Morgan, who won mm. the Order of Merit uh, Australasian PGA this year, um, He's been struggling of late, though. Yeah. Uh, he
0: just hasn't played
1: much good played golf. Played the US Open and, yeah. and, and, and had a hard time of it. since that win.
0: Yeah, the PGA was an amazing victory, but ever since then, he's struggled.
1: Uh, and, and do you see anything in the games? of So Brad Kennedy, it's a great story. I think he he's four under through seven, doing nicely, the, the 48-year-old New South Welshman. But then you've got uh, Matty Griffin, Anthony Quayle uh, making his debut. Matty Griffin at his second British Open. Jimmy Papadados at his mm-hmm. second. Jason Scrivner at his second.
0: I quite I quite like Scrivener to be honest. He's got that yeah. game. He grew up in WA, uh, even though he's born in South Africa. We we, we claim he was, has a West Australian, um, and he loves playing in the wind. And he's had a very nice career uh, in, in the well, playing the DP World Tour basically. But uh, Matty Griffin spoke about Anthony Quayle the other day. He's a bit of a sleeper, I reckon. He's got a lot of length, plays a lot in Japan, and and he's apparently playing really well at the moment. Now I know we're doing Aussies, but. I'm going to go down the Kiwi path because Ryan Fox, he's been playing amazing golf on the DP World Tour. He's been top three, I don't know how many times, in his last five or six events. Look for Ryan Fox as well by the weekend.
1: All right. So now of the whole field. So I think we've talked about (laughs) who we think our best-placed Aussies are. You alluded to this a little earlier, and I'm I'm with you um, on the person that you think would probably, you you think's best place to take this out. So, to talk to us, so Rory McIlroy won in 2014. He has had a love-hate relationship with St Andrews. He now says it's his favourite course, but in years (laughs) gone by, that has not been the case. In 2010, when Louis Oosthuizen won, um, he was in, I think he he leapt out of the blocks uh, as as a youngster, a young whippersnapper, Mm. um, back then, and then ended up uh, tied for third um, and has had, Mixed feelings about St Andrews, the home of golf since then. What has you so confident about his chances coming in? Apart from his brand new shoes, by the way, which have to be seen (laughs) to be believed.
0: Well, his form's been very impressive. Obviously, he won the Canadian Open a little while back and he's been playing well ever since. Um, And he's just due, I think. And I think for him to come back to the Open Championship, the home of golf, having played the practice rounds and also all this these practice rounds uh, in Ireland recently with Tiger Woods, he yeah. must've been picking his brain no end. And I just fancy Rory. He's just got that swagger about him again, just yeah. walking around the, the grounds. And, and he's just, uh, he's one of those players that I love to watch play. When he gets that bounce in the step, there's just nothing like it. And and he can run away with it if he gets off to a hot start.
1: Yeah. Back to number two uh, in the world, he's nipping at the heels of, of Scotty Scheffler. And we know that the start to the year, uh, that he's had the masters winner. Um, would there be something quite serendipitous about it being um, a UK player?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, Scottish player for sure, or or, or a British player, as they, as they like to call them, depending on where you're from. Um, but I don't. The only player I really see amongst the British would be Matt, Fit, Matt uh, Fitzpatrick, who won the US Open recently. You know, he's in some really good form. Uh, another player who does like to play around the, and I actually haven't checked if he's playing this week, Tyrrell Hatton. He tends to play well around the old course, but I'm not sure if he is playing this week. I'll have to look that one up. We'll look that up in the break. Mm, We will. But, uh, I like Matt's, Matt Fitzpatrick's chances. He loves to hit the ball low, get it out there. He's obviously in good form, just winning the major. Uh, just, you know, if I'm going to go across the pond to the other side, Justin Thomas, who won the PGA recently, he'd be a real favorite of mine as well, because uh, he loves to shape the ball, work it around, and he's got bones on the bag who's a legendary caddy out on the US Tour, and um, and I really like the way he's playing at the moment. Even though he missed the cut last week in the Scottish Open, I think that might have been a blessing and given an extra chance to do a bit more reconnaissance on the old course.
1: Um, all and sundry, were tipping John Rahm to have a dominant dominant year this year. It hasn't quite panned out that way. Still number three uh, in the world. Um, what are you thinking is his game suited to, to, to Lynx golf? Oh, very much so, yeah. He's, he won, I
0: think, the Irish Open a few years back and, yeah. and, and really has done well on firm and fast golf courses over his career. So he, he's yeah. another one I'm looking towards. But again, he's Tied form, for
1: third last year.
0: Yeah, his form's been a bit lacking of late. But, you know, it's the Open at St. Andrews. If you can't get up for this one and get your game in shape, well, number three in the world's still pretty handy, isn't it?
1: Is there – and and of the – the players that we probably haven't mentioned that are all sitting in the, the the top sort of five to ten at the moment with, Scheffler and Cantlay and, um, Chaufle, um Cam Smith six in the world. You have got Thomas uh, at seven, Colin Morikawa, um, in uh, at, in eighth, Victor Hovland world number nine, and Matt Fitzpatrick um, who'd be as you spoke about a, a good chance, uh, at ten. Anyone in the top ten and in the top twenty that's really jumping out at you? Uh, The other player I think who might be a good
0: chance, mainly because he's probably going to use the putter a lot around these greens, is Victor Hovland. You know, Mm. he's a very strong player. Uh, There's a bit of a question mark on how he plays on Lynx golf courses, but I I think he'll rise to the occasion. And as I said, he doesn't like to chip the ball very much because he's not very good at it. So he'll actually have to uh, use the putter around the greens a bit. If he goes a bit further back, as I mentioned earlier, Ryan Fox, He's, you know, I think he's about 45, 46 in the world at the moment, and he's Mm. he's playing some fine golf at the moment. But we're, we're
1: going a bit outside the top 20 there. Uh, Sam Burns Mm. is moving quite rapidly uh, up the world rankings uh, at the moment. And by the way, uh, I'm not just saying some of these names because they uh, are Callaway men, (laughs) uh, because I've got my Callaway hat on. Uh, By the way, the new Jaws raw uh, wedges out soon for Callaway. Uh, Nice plug. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sam Burns, but he is a name that we're seeing more and more uh, in top tens and climbing further and further. Um, up the world rankings. He's currently um, number 11 in the world.
0: Yeah. No, he's he's an outstanding young player. I think he might have won three times this year on the US Tour. Um, again, the only thing I'm not seeing with him is the experience on the Lynx courses. And the old course at St. Andrews, you do need that experience. It's yeah. very rare you can come here as a one-off and win. You need to have played it four or five times.
1: So why is that? Give us the... I mean, we are going to do your... We are going to give, and each week this will happen, mm. uh, on off the tee where... Uh, Nick Hern will give you uh, a golfing tip, and you can ask some questions as well. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Actually, before we get to that, um, I'm not sure. I can't remember if you mentioned him, but Michael says, "Evening, Nick. I think Jordan Spieth at seventeens is a very good bet for Open. Got a very good short game and an excellent putter. He'd like your thoughts? Absolutely.
0: We haven't spoken about Jordan, have we? Why he's have we one? not done? I that? don't know. Actually, <laughs> yeah, he's he's actually one of the. I think he's in the top five or six that has a great chance of winning this tournament. I'm not, I'm not sure what the odds are on him, but uh, yeah. If he lights it up on the greens and then can get his ball striking under control, which he has been of late, that's been his real strength. He's definitely a contender and he's won before.
1: Uh, World number 12 at the minute. Now, this is a question to test your knowledge of, as we were reminiscing on 2015 with Mark Leishman. Did, did Did or did he not find a divot with his ball in the playoff?
0: First playoff hole, he did. Yeah, a couple did. of
1: people have texted in about that. Yeah,
0: and he ended up missing about a four or five footer on that first playoff hole to make bogey on that yeah. first hole, which just put him on the back foot. And I think Zach ended up uh, making one or two birdies over the four holes to clean him and Louie up, basically.
1: And and the Lynx course that this is, um, being the oldest, uh, the first, obviously, the undulations mm. are, are phenomenal. And as you watch them on TV, how much more pronounced are they And how big an impact does it have with a course where you you might flush your drive down the (laughs) middle and all it takes is just uh, to find one of those mounds or...
0: Yeah, and the bunkers here are like magnets in that regard. If you get the wrong bounce, it can go 40 to 50 yards off the intended line that you wanted in the first place. And if we can get a bit of a bird's eye view on this putt Murakawa's got on the TV at the moment, it'd be lovely to see what he's got. But there's so many putts where you can have five, six, seven-foot slopes in front of it that you've got to go over and then down and across. And that's the beauty of the course is that they can tuck the pins in places where they're very, very hard to get to. The ground's very firm. The only way you can get them close is if you run it up there and... If you're not used to playing the game along the ground, you're going to really struggle this week because most of the players from the PGA Tour especially are used to playing the ball through the air. Now, hopefully if we can get a bit of wind around, that would really sort the men out from the boys.
1: Seems to be a bit of looking at the pin flapping, uh, the flag on the pin flapping on the six. Colin Morikawa, last year's winner, uh, just pushing one to the left-hand side of the cup and a little bit of work to do uh, to save his par there. So as we just uh, work our way through the leaderboard, Michael says, thanks so much uh, for the answer there. Um, greatly appreciated. Another question coming through, Nick. If you were to play again at St Andrews, would you pack a shovel? <laughs> a shovel? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about that one. Um, I, I definitely uh, probably
0: pack the half set. That's for sure. The the funny thing is when I played St Andrews, I didn't mention this earlier, but I used to carry two putters because I used to have a broomstick putter. And yeah. you get a lot of hundred, hundred and fifty foot putts on the on the course because you because a lot of the times you're putting from well off the green. I couldn't swing the broomstick putter far enough back, so I put a short putter in so I could give it a good whack.
1: Um, and uh, before I do the leaderboard, actually, I'll save this little gag that's come through off the text after the leaderboard because it's, it's not bad. Uh, so quick look at the leaderboard. We'll hit refresh here, but it is still the American uh, Cameron Young with a one-shot lead. He's 6-under through 11. Um, the South Korean Ju Hyong Kim is uh, second outright at 5-under, uh, one-shot uh in front of Barclay Brown, the amateur, Cam Smith is at four under, Min Wu Lee in the clubhouse at three under. Uh Kurt Kidiyama, the American, Bryson DeChambeau, also from the US, Robert McIntyre the Scott, uh, Danny Willett as well, uh, JT Poston, Brad Kennedy, all at three under, and then uh a ton of players at two under, including uh Brad Kennedy, uh, sorry, Lucas Herbert, Cameron Tringale, uh, is it Tringale or yeah, Tringale. exactly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Either way. Get it right the second time. Billy Horschel, uh, Corey Connors, Ernie Ells, um, a player that you loved oh, to play with. Yeah, if I could pack
0: Ernie in a suitcase and take him with me everywhere, I would because worst score I ever shot with him was about four or five under, I think. And you know, he's won the Open twice. Uh, unfortunately, one of them was against uh, Adam Scott. The other time, interestingly enough, was against two other Aussies, Stuart Appleby and Steve Elkington. Back in 2001 or two, I think it was, at Murfield, where he beat him in a four-man hole play, a 4 playoff.
1: Uh, and we've got about a minute and a half to come back with on the other side for your tip, for your golfing tip. Right, we'll I'm save ready. the best till last. But this text coming through, just as about Greg Norman not being invited to the dinner, this is some pretty brutal stuff. That's another dinner he uh, can't go to, like Augusta. Oh, oh, that, oh. Is, that is... Sticking the knife that in, there. It's <laughs> brutal as it gets off the text. This is Off the tee. our first ever edition, uh, the opening day of the Open Championship. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern. We're back with Nick's tip after this. So the American Cameron Young has just gone seven under uh, to have a two-shot lead uh, on the first day of the 150th Open Championship. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern. Now, Nick Ahern, before we finish up, you have a brand-new book out called...
0: How to Play Your Best Golf. Brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, the, simple, the title right? should absolutely tell you what you're in for with any book. <laughs> so, given that we are uh, at the Open Championship, we're on a links course, uh, we've got really hard fairways. What's the lesson for today, please? Well, the lesson is
0: all about controlling your distance. And I think that's the beauty of playing golf in a nutshell. That's what it's all about. Yes, distance is important, but it's about controlling your distance. That's the real key. And when people say to me, "Oh, I want to hit the ball a long way." I said, "Well, if you want to hit a 7 iron further, use a 6 iron." There's a pretty good example of it. But A great tip or a great drill to do when you're on the driving range is to pick out a target, say it's 150 metres, and take five clubs, maybe a four, five, six, seven, and eight iron, and try and hit every club 150 metres. Because out on the golf course, especially when it's on links courses we're watching right now, it doesn't matter what club you use. You could stand 100 yards out, and you could take five different clubs to get the ball into the same spots. Some will be high, some will be low. Some will be medium trajectory. You could shape them, curve them, do whatever you want. But that's a great little drill to try and get you to hit the ball the same distance with a variety of clubs. That way you've got options, especially you know, when the wind's blowing downwind or into the wind or you're playing on a soft course or a firm course. There's a lot of different options. We'll talk more about that with the short game in another, another week. But for now, that's a great little tip. Controlling the distance, the ability to do that using different clubs is a real key. Now, we can talk about how to do that. You know, that you need to change your setup, change the length of the swing, things like that. But we can get more into that another time.
1: Brilliantly done. Where can I get this book, please?
0: Any major bookstore, uh, selling around Australia, or just go to booktopia.com.
1: Beautifully done. Nick Ahern, it's been wonderful. First episode of Off the Tea. We'll be back next week from Tuesday where we'll wrap up the 150th Open Championship. Until then, Nick, thank you, mate. All right, it's great to be here. We'll keep you updated on, we'll up on all the scores uh, throughout the evening of the Open Championship, and the Sporting Capital continues after this on SEN. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91